denomination because I try to stand in the breach between those and say we're brothers. And now I think tomorrow morning we're going to have the Christian businessmen go to have a breakfast at Clifton's Cafeteria. And I believe I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be there. I'm coming early this time to get some breakfast because the last time I liked the stars were it was over. So they pushed me up them steps there and everyone just finishing up their eggs and me looking all around and wasn't any I almost starved before I got back out there to some place to eat. So I'm going to come early in the morning. <laughs> so we hope to see you that this is not on the air, is it? No. <laughs> The other night I was over to the temple and I was just talking away and went all through the service and just laying out the old-fashioned types the best they could. Someone said, I heard you on the radio and I didn't even know it was on the air. So, my, I kind of watched what I said after that. All, the radio reaches such an audience as this broadcast and these tape recordings going everywhere. So we're very happy tonight. I'm sure you all are if you feel the way I do. A little tired physically speaking and mentally, of course, but happy in the Lord, expecting this revival to give us the greatest revival we've ever had yet in Los Angeles. Don't know just when we'll be back. I'm certainly trying to press to the ministers that last year, or this next coming year, will be 50 years since the Holy Spirit first fell at, what's in that street? Azusa, Azusa Street, here in California, and Los Angeles. And I'd like to see all the ministers get together and all the churches get together and pull down their little barriers and indifference and just have an old-fashioned homecoming, wouldn't you? Oh, that would be so good. Just get it out where we can just have... You know, Jacob dug a well, and the Philistines run him away from it, and I believe he called it malice. He dug another, and they run him away, and he called it strife. So he, he dug another and said, there's room for us all. So I hope we can dig that well that's coming here, don't you? So there'll be room for us all, everybody, just to come up and, and drink till your thirst is quenched. And I'm sure we're all thirsting for more of God, aren't we? That shows there's more to get, as long as we're thirsting for it. Now, I'll try not to hold you so late at night so that you can come back tomorrow night and the next night and on and on. And it'll be Sunday afternoon will be the um, services share, and we'll try to get the boy over here for a healing service Sunday afternoon if possible about get the cards given out about 12, 1 o'clock, something like that. I believe we begin at 2. They'll announce it a little later. Now, for the a little text for tonight, I wish to turn your attention over to the book of Exodus, I believe it is, and the 21st verse, and the the 21st chapter in the 5th verse, rather, excuse me, just for a little background for our text while we speak, and you pray with us, for if the Lord build not the house, it's in vain, isn't it? So we trust in him. 
Reading from the fifth verse, it says, And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, my children, and I will not go out free, then his master shall bring him unto the judges, and he shall also bring him unto the door or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of the word. Now, for a little while we wish to speak on a subject tonight, the seal of the Antichrist. And if the Lord willing, tomorrow night I want to speak on the seal of the Christ. And we hear so much of it in these days. How many like this old scriptural text like that? I, I do myself. And now in teaching on this, it may be just a little bit different from maybe what you believe or, or have been taught. And I don't mean to, to disagree if it doesn't just match exactly the way you believe it. Let us be brothers anyhow, I see. And I've always said in my in teaching or preaching, just like someone eating cherry pie, when you run into a seed, you don't throw the pie away, you just throw the seed away and just keep on eating pie. So you do the same thing. When you hit something that you don't believe it that way, just pitch it over to one side, and what you do believe, just rejoice with me with the Lord. Now, this is so many times referred to in believing, being a very timely time for this to happen. I believe that truly with all of our hearts that we're living in the last days. For the last few months, I've been accumulating, trying to, enough scientific material to preach one night on the second coming of the Lord scientifically, which being an illiterate person myself, I have to, have to study it much to find out the scientific uh, goings of things to see whether it's exactly right. And I want to do that. I tried it in Lubbock, failed. Louisiana, failed. Phoenix every night. I kept saying I catch it. Maybe I'll get to it in California. So now the day that we're living is a question mark over the entire world. I traveled a great deal of the word, world for the Lord. And in there, not only in America, but everywhere, there's an unsettled peace everywhere. The whole world seems to be shaken and scared, like something's fixing to happen. Well, that shows something is fixing to happen. We don't want to scare you. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to show you a way to keep from being scared and not to scare you. But we have to face facts, and we must do that. So we find out that over the world there is a great fear setting upon all peoples in this atomic age when it's just ready for anything to happen. And men are, uh, the churches are cooling off. We just might as well face that. 
the churches are getting worse and worse all the time. More preaching is being done than ever in the world and less practice than we ever did in all the world. Just looks like it just keeps cooling off. Great revivals strike the country. Men come in anointed of the Holy Spirit. They preach with everything that's within them. The people walk right away as if nothing had ever happened, just unconcerned. Now, there's got to be a reason for that. And if you study this, this tells what the reason is. You know, the Scripture says there will be a time in the last days when there will be a famine strike the land, not for bread and water, but for hearing of the Word of God, and that man would go from east, west, north, and south seeking to hear the Word of God and fail to find it. Just think of the times we're living in. And we're living in that time. I believe when the prophet spoke that, he foresaw the United States of America, because it's the only place that I know of would meet that description in this day. Other parts of the country starving to death, practically all over the world. We're practically helping feed the world. We got plenty to eat, everything in here, everybody's well fed, plenty of clothes. No depression, plenty of money flowing everywhere, and the people are seeking to hear the Word of God and failing to get it. Because every fellow is building a fig tree and got his own organization, his own cult, or his own ideas, and nobody else will listen. He's right, nobody else is right, and they won't have fellowship one with the other, and that's why the poor. American people's minds are so disturbed they don't know what is right. One man will say it's this way, another will say it's this way. One's got a teaching, one's got a doctrine, one's got a psalm, one's got a tongue. And the American people are the worst confused of any nation I know of in the world. That's awfully hard to say. And now, uh, but it's the truth. We got to face facts. Just like in the healing services. When the people come to the platform, maybe sometimes prostitutes, drunkards, and so forth. It's hard when you see that woman's life out yonder in ill fame and so forth. I have to speak that right out before, friends. But what's truth is truth. We Truth either binds or sets free. That's right. And so we must know the truth, and it is the truth. We can bring, God can do something in America, and, uh, and the first thing you know, there's so much false impersonation over it, they can start a move of God, and I tell you, it becomes, after a while, it runs into a bunch of fanaticism. That's the truth, friends, if I ever told it. Now, what are we sure the other time, trying to tell you what, that uh, God confirming the Word? signs, wonders, and miracles, and so forth, I said, someday I want to come back and teach to you a little while. And that's what I come back for, is to do that. Now, look at the age that we're living. Now, to my opinion, this is the age of the turning time. It's a time when man or either will come into the kingdom of God or be sealed out of the kingdom of God. And I believe that the Antichrist seals the person we're taught in the Scriptures and the book of Revelation. If any man receives his seal or his mark 
or the letter of his name and so forth, is doomed, is sealed out the kingdom of God. And the spirit of Christ, when once sealed with that, is sealed in the kingdom of God. And just as sure as you can be sealed out with one, you can be sealed in with the other. And tonight we're going to talk about the sealing out, and tomorrow night by the sealing in. And you draw your opinion as I try to keep it strictly on the Word, not opinion, but at the Word. Now, we find out that over in the book, many people have set up different things and said, I had a man to come to me not long ago, he said, Brother Branham, I want to show you something. He said, what do you think the mark of the beast is? And I said, I don't know. And he said, well, let me show you something. The poor boy was, of course, in an illusion, and he pulled out of his pocket a great long piece of paper that had the Statue of Liberty on it. He said, there's the mark of the beast, <laughs> the Statue of Liberty. Well, we've heard all kinds of things, rumors, but what does the Word of God say it is? That's the next thing. That's what we want to know. What is this apostate seal, and how will it be placed on people? I was listening to a radio broadcast in my country here not long ago, and a man said, it won't be long until the people's going to get a great tattooing machine, and they're going to tattoo it across the forehead of a man, the picture of the beast, and go to mark it in his hand here, the mark of the beast, and all that were seized, that mark will be doomed forever. Here not long ago, when the NRA came out, in my country, I suppose it was in this too, in my country, they said all the religious people again say, that is the mark of the beast. Don't receive it. My, that's horrible. Every who joins the NRA has sure received the mark of the beast. Well, we found out that wasn't so. So there's got to be some basic truth. It's got to come then from thus saith the Lord. It's got to come. Many people have placed it way over into a day that's yet to come. Some place it in this day. But for myself, I believe that it began at the same time the Holy Spirit fell. If you'll notice just about the time that Jesus came on the scene, Judas came on the scene, the Antichrist, the one was against Christ. I want you to notice the natures of these spirits now. Judas was a religious man. He was not an infidel. And all of us know that he was the Antichrist. He worked the very closest hand to Christ, his right-hand man. Did you know in heaven that the devil was God's right-hand man in the beginning? That Lucifer, the son of the morning, was given power, and the reason that he brought sin into the world, he was able to take something that God had created and pervert it back into an evil thing, which started all this trouble in the beginning. Then God, back before the foundation of the world was ever laid, when he seen what Satan done, 
and his pride went over in the north and set up a kingdom and fought against Michael and his angels. You see it? The right-hand man of Almighty God was Lucifer, the son of the morning. The first, God granted him almost co-workers with him. He was a co-worker, partly equal with him. Only Satan could not create. God is the only creator, but Satan took something that God created and perverted it back into something else, evil. And now notice, when Cain and Abel, a very beautiful picture of it, Cain and Abel was nothing more than the prefigure of Judas and Jesus. Now, being uneducated like my brethren are educated, I teach the scriptures from types, shadows. And if I know what the shadow of anything is, I'll have some understanding of it. If I see what the shadow looks like, I can pretty well tell what it's going to look like. And if we can foresee by the shadow what these evils are, then we can pretty well tell what they're going to be when we look at them. And without education, then I have to teach it from typology. Paul did a lot of that too, do you know it? And the book of Hebrews. Now, in Judas, just as Cain killed Abel at the altar, Judas killed Jesus at the altar. And about the time that Cain, Abel came on, Cain came on, Abel came on. About the time Jesus came on, Judas came on. The time that Jesus died, Judas died. And about the time that the Spirit of Christ, get it now, about the time the Spirit of Christ returned, the Spirit of Antichrist returned. The Spirit of Judas returned. Judas was Satan's man. Christ was God's man. Christ was the incarnated God. Judas was the incarnated devil. That just as they returned back, here was almost many people look at Calvary and only see three crosses. But there were four crosses. You say, I only see three. Well, a cross is a tree. Cursed is he that hangeth on a tree. Jesus is hanging on a tree. And Judas hung himself on a sycamore tree. Just as much cursed and just the same as much tree as Christ was hung on. The cross. Now notice, Christ in the middle, on his left was one thief, on his right was another thief. Now, these representing the believer and the unbeliever. Now, the man that was really a thief on this side, on the left side, cried out, said, If, what's that word? If thou be the Son of God, if you're all this great person that you say you are, 
then save yourself and save us too. If thou be the man on this side being the gospel preacher, the believer, preach to him to the cross. But what are you condemning him for? That he has done nothing amiss. But see that we are condemned, both of us. We are getting just exactly what comes to us. We deserve this, but this man has done nothing. Said, Lord, look at his confession. This man, if this man said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus, quickly speaking back, said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. There you are. Who was that? Judas. Is the carrot died on a sycamore tree. Here was God came down, manifested in flesh, going back to heaven, taking with him the repented sinner. Here was Judas, the son of perdition, just the same as Christ being the Son of God, come from perdition, returning back to perdition, taking with him the unrepented sinner. You see it? Christ, Son of God, come from heaven, returning back to heaven, taking with him the believer. Judas, the son of perdition, coming from hell, returning back to hell, taking with him the unrepented sinner. You got it? Now, Christ, when he came on earth, and then when he went back, a little while, and he said, The world will see me no more. Yet ye shall see me, for I will be with you even in you to the end of the world. Now, about the time that the Holy Spirit came back upon the church to pull out a people for the bride, the Antichrist came back also. Now, read in 1 John 4, 3. And he said, little children, every spirit that confesses that Jesus has not come in the flesh is not the Spirit of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist that should come into the world and already in the world, working in the children of disobedience. If you'll notice how beautiful when Judas came in the farm which was Satan, son of Satan. He came into the world, and he went right straight to the church, the first thing, and joined the church and became a member of the church of the living God. Amen. And Judas went out with the rest of them and preached the gospel and came back with them rejoicing because the devil's a subject unto him. Matthew 11. And Jesus said, Rejoice not because the devil's a subject unto you, but rejoice because your name's written in the book. Judas was with him. So he came up with Christ, set in the fellowship with the believers, and when it come to the time for him really to be born again and receive the Holy Spirit, there's where he showed his colors. 
and that I hope I don't hurt no one. But look, today, lukewarm, borderline believers will come right up to the Holy Spirit and then say, I don't believe in such stuff. You see it? Come right on up. Them believers, just like Cain, they can come as far as their leader, Judas, can be very fundamental in doctrine. But when it comes to the place of the separation, God draws a line. Man must be born again. You've got to be. But when it comes to being born again and receiving the experience, then man said, oh, that's fanaticism. There's nothing to it. And that's the reason they can't believe in the supernatural. That's the reason they can't be or believe in divine healing and the working of the Spirit. They believe the Scriptures and the way of mental thinking. They believe it intellectually, but they can't believe it from the heart until the Holy Spirit comes in and takes over in the human heart. Ah, that's really the truth. And when a man ever crosses that line and born again of the Spirit of God, he becomes a son of God. And then he believes what God said to be the truth, and he says all the words in spot. Borderline, halfway. Watch that religious spirit. You say, Brother Branham, do you mean to tell me that the Antichrist spirit will be a religious spirit? Jesus said it'd be so close like the real thing till it would deceive the very elect, if possible. Matthew 24. That throws a little different light to it, doesn't it? It's a religious spirit, a spirit that can shout, a spirit that can dance in the spirit, a spirit that can... Cast out devils, a spirit that can do all kinds of miracles, and still not be born of the Spirit of God. Jesus said in that day, listen to this, many will come to me and say, Lord, have not I cast out devils in your name? In your name have not done many mighty works? And I will confess unto them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I didn't even know you. And today we base our soul almost upon somebody who can preach like a, a fireball or somebody who can lay hands on the sick and then get well. That doesn't mean anything yet. Upon somebody who dances in the Spirit or shouts the victory, that don't mean anything yet. Not a thing. Upon emotions. You can't rely upon that, although that's all right, that goes with it, but you've got to get the real thing first. I've seen people stand, throw themselves back and forth and work themselves into a frantic, screaming to the top of their voice, and walk through pits of fire without even touching it, and deny there was such a thing as Jesus Christ. So that doesn't mean anything. I've seen them get such a frantic, hollering, ally, 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 until they take a lance and run it through the chin and nose like this and pull it out, put even a, a drop of blood come out. Certainly cut themselves 
in the feast of the prophets when they were cutting the leaves. The young lady sitting there cutting leaves, and a man laid his arm out and took a saber and whacked his arms like that wouldn't even bleed. And such a panic to them nerves. You get what I mean? Not because that we dance or happy or shouting. That doesn't mean it. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, patience. That's it. People can shout, dance in the Spirit, and hate their neighbor, refuse to speak to one another. That's right. I don't want to hurt you, but it must be told. The Holy Spirit given the gift of going forth of discerning spirits and things. Now it's come to the place where I want to tell you the truth about things. You got a wonderful group, fine places, but you're so separated because of evil. You shouldn't be that way. We should be one in heart, one in purpose, all one great church of the living God. That's what keeps us all separated. Evil. See, so we base it up on the wrong thing. Base it up on solidly, upon thus saith the Lord, upon the Word, receiving Christ. A young man came to my house not long ago, sat on the porch. I felt sorry for him, an old beat-up Chevrolet truck. And he said, Brother Branham, I want to talk to you. And I said, all right, what is it? He said, I come from Minneapolis. He said, and my wife went down to the church, to the Pentecostal people, and she got the Spirit. Now, I just said it the way he said it. He said, she got the Spirit. Said, we did go once in a while to the Presbyterian church. And he said, she got the Spirit. She was very happy. She come home and told me all about it and wanted me to go down and get it. And I said, now look, honey, you go wherever you want to. I'll work make the living, but I'm not the religious type. He said, you go anywhere you want to. That'll be all right. She said, well, you ought to come down and get happy with us. Said, we have the greatest time. And said, she really was a changed person. And said, Brother Branham, said, I went on for about two years. Said, she, we quit playing cards. I didn't go out to the parties with her with, like I used to. Said, everything stopped. Said, I'd just come home. She'd go to church. And I'd sit around and read, read, read a library book or go down to the lodge or something. And said, one day, I made a sale in the car lot. And I'd come in. i put my coat on so it was summertime. Said I put my coat on the ground because some ladies out there and said on the road back, said I hung up my coat. And when I did, I said, I wonder if I gave them the key. And I reached down in my pocket and pulled out a little piece of paper and it had wrote on it, where will you spend eternity? Said I just laid it down, turned the fans on, and said I picked it up again. I couldn't get away from it. Where will you spend eternity? Said I'm 40 years old. I, I got to settle that thing. So that's right. Said I just had to turn the work over to someone else, and I went home to seek God. Said I went to a famous minister. Well, it's Mr. Graham, who it was, Billy Graham, and said I went to his meeting. 
And he said, all that wants to receive Christ, stand up. Well, said that I did. And he said, accept Christ now as your personal Savior. It'll be settled. Said, I talked to some of the men, and they told me that's what I had to do. Well, said, I did the best I could, but said, Brother Branham, it wasn't settled. Said, I met up with some Nazarene people, and said, they take me back in a room and told me, unless I got happy enough to shout that I wasn't sanctified yet. And said, I stayed in there, and all of us prayed together to sound like one person praying. Said, I did get happy and shouted. And said, they told me it's all over now. And said, I, I, I thought it was. And I went out, and still, it, it wasn't all over. Said, I sold all my cars. Said, I was worth nearly a half a million dollars. I sold my car lot, all my cars. Said, the only thing is got this old beat-up car. Trying to give it to preachers and so forth where I can find peace to my soul. He said, I want to find the Lord. And uh, he said, then I finally run into the Pentecostal people. They told me that I'm about asking me about every spoken tongue. And I told them, no. They said, well, you haven't got it until you speak with tongues. Said they taken me back, and I prayed for them half a night in a little tent out behind a big tent, and said, then I spoke in tongues. And they said, now you got it. But said, Brother Branham, I didn't have it. And said, then I went down to Shreveport, or to Dallas, to the voice of healing, said they had all the boys up there, so they tried to do me good, and they couldn't, and said, then they told me you was a prophet <laughs> to come see you, and you'd tell me surely that I had crossed the separating line and there was no hope for me. If I had done all this and still didn't have it. I said, my brother, I want to tell you something. I said, I'm not a prophet, that's what people say, but I said, I... I I said, but now you don't need a prophet to straighten you out. You just need the word of God. I said, what Mr. Graham told you is the truth, and what the Nazarene people told you is the truth, and what the Pentecostal told you is the truth, and yet it's not the truth. To shout, to raise up your hands, to speak with tongues is not receiving Christ. Receiving Christ is receiving the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then these other things take place after that. Okay. Now, I could do all that and still didn't have Christ yet. He said, well, Brother Branham, oh, where can I find him? I said, I want to ask you something. Let's go back to your story. And he walked up. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, you said that day when you come in, picked up that piece of paper, Something struck you, and you said, oh, I want to seek God. I said, from up to that time, you were going this way, down the road, and then you turned this way. What did it? I said, what changed your opinion? What come into your heart that made you one time not care for God and something come in to make you go to loving God? What done it? He said, well, I don't know. I said, before there can be a creation, there has to be a creator to create that creation. God came into your heart right there when you looked at that piece of paper. He said, you mean I've had it all along? I said, certainly, brother. And he jumped out of there and began to scream and cry. That was settled. That is it. He said, you want to pray for me? I said, well, Jesus is praying for you. You don't need any prayer. The truth has made you free. See? Now, them other things is all right. 
but you can't pin your finger to anything. It's the Holy Spirit works the person, not a thought. When he, he's a personal pronoun. When he, the Holy Spirit, has come, the Holy Spirit is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that we accept into our hearts that brings a new, different attitude look out in everything to life. Amen. No matter, you might join churches, shake hands with pastors, put your name on the book, all those things are good. You might, Paul said, though I speak with tongues of men and angels, though I have wisdom and understand all the knowledge of God, though I give my body to be burned as a sacrifice, though I do all these things, I'm still nothing. That's right. But he said, where there's tongues, they shall cease. Where there's knowledge, it'll vanish. Where there's prophets, it'll pale. But when love has come, it'll endure forever. And what the church, the Pentecostal church needs tonight, along with the other churches, is a good old-fashioned baptizing of the Holy Ghost and love that'll make you straighten up and get together and come together like brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ and break down these walls of petition. Amen. Where there is love, God is love. Love suffers long. Love is not provoked. Love is not puffed up. When you get puffed up, love's gone. And where is all this malice and strife and wars and envy and malice against one another? Brother, God just moves out. That's all. And it's a fact you can see it. Amen. Now you've got the right road, brother. You've got the right path. But what you need to do is come back together again for an old passion of Zeus of Street meeting where the men and women will come together in all denominations, break down their barriers, and recognize one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. For well, all of us being brethren, Adam, our first father, sold us into slavery of sin. Nothing we had to do with it. When you're born in this world, you are a sinner when you're born. The Bible said we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come to the world speaking lies. When you're born without Christ, you haven't even got a chance. Nothing you can help, you were sold by our father, Adam. Adam sold the human race out, and by nature, I know there's a teaching going around that up in my country and different parts of the country that if a little baby's born to the Holy Ghost parent, the baby's saved. And if it's born of a sinful parent and it dies, then it's lost. Oh, brother, if that ain't Tommy Rock. I know you think I'm kind of rude tonight, but I've got to get rude once in a while. Look! I don't mean to hurt you, I mean that we get this straightened out, you'll see one of the greatest revivals that ever swept the country. Right. We get back to the starting place. Begin right. 
There's only one thing to do that's come back if you see you hit the wrong road. Make backtracks. Go back and see where you started from. Man, usually when he's born in the kingdom of God, his face tipped right straight toward Calvary. Now, if he's just a little bit emotional, he'll go off on fanaticism. If he's just a little bit of shrewd education, he'll get so starchy that he sits over on this side. That's right. But the true church of the living God goes right down to the center of the highway, preaching a same solid gospel calling from both sides. Amen. That's what we need today. A church. And it would be a shame for anyone to come into it perfectly governed by the Holy Spirit. No fanaticism, no starchy, just a good, warm church filled with God's Spirit. Watch that. The good, solid gospel teaching pastor. That's what we need. Amen. God help us to have it. God wants us to have it. Notice in the time when this slave, now being sold, and we were all sold out to sin by Adam, then at a certain designated time, there come a time that this slave had the right to make his choice either to remain a slave or to go free. Now, in type and a type, as this is, all put under bondage of sin by Adam, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God, in due season, sending his Son, Christ Jesus, made in the form of sinful flesh to redeem us, to bring us out from under the bondage. Christ coming down on earth. God in Christ. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And as we see the day, I see so many people in this day trying to regard Christ as a prophet. I look at your papers and see the Unitarians and the all these other different ones that just don't expect the blood to do anything. It's just a good teacher. Brother, he was divine. You can't a bit more separate Christ and God than you can take hydrogen out of oxygen to make water. They're absolutely both have to be together. In him was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Christ and God united in flesh to take away the sin of the world, to take the penalty off of Adam's sin. Amen. When you believe that, sink it down into your heart. You'll find out something goes to action in there. When you think that Jesus is just a man, he was more than a man. He was a divine one. God was in him reconciling the world to himself because he came down and was made kinfolks to us. He had to be kindred. In a few nights I'll preach on the kinsman redeemer and then you'll see that he was kinfolks. God himself was made kinfolks to the human race in order to take away the sins of the world. The sin anchored up on him. None of us could do it. We're born of sexual desire. 
Every one of us, no matter what kind of a parent we had, we're all born to sexual desire. There was only one holy person ever born, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ that was created in the wombs of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and he gave his life to redeem us back to God again. Amen. Oh, I feel religious. Brethren, when you see the real true principles of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you see our foundation is sure and solid, all devils out of hell can't upset the foundation of God. Upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. It'll be against it, sure it will, but it will never prevail. God's foundation stands sure. Amen. Notice, man, this man, he was out of slave. He worked under a taskmaster. And then when the final year come of Jubilee, then when the priest sounded the trumpet, no matter what he was doing, if he's in the field of horn and the Jubilee sound came, then he could drop that hole and say to that slave driver, you have no more jurisdiction over me. I'm going home to my wife and babies. I'm free. How did he do it? Because he heard it. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. He noticed, certainly as that sound of the jubilee came, that he was a free man. And Christ Jesus came to the earth to bring a jubilee to the human race, that through the preaching of the gospel, carrying by faith, might set ever slave to sin free. Amen. Now you say, well, I'm free, and you still get angry? You still hate your neighbor? You won't speak to one another? And you're free? I'm persuaded to say, brother, you need another step. Right? Or you say, I belong to a Pentecostal church. That don't have nothing to do with it. Don't have one thing to do except you're born again. And when you're born, the same spirit that was in the Lord Jesus Christ comes into you and you live the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. God made a covenant in the Old Testament. He made a covenant in the New Testament with Christ. And every man, when they made a covenant in them days, they took an animal, killed it, and split its body, wrote their covenant out on paper, tore it apart. And when they come together again, them two pieces of paper had the dove tail. And if we are ever resurrected in the resurrection, the very life that God tore out of the body of Jesus Christ, taken this body up and set at the right hand of the majesty on high and sent back the Holy Spirit, it'll make you live a God-centered life, or it isn't the Spirit of Christ in you. You say, well, Brother Brandon, I, I, I've shouted, I've, I've danced, I've spoken tongues. Oh, yes, brother, I've seen him speak in tongues and drink blood out of a human skull. That's right. Seen witch doctors lay up a stick like that and it right in unknown tongues and people stand there and read it, interpret it. You wouldn't say they had the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not saying that you don't speak with tongues of the Holy Ghost, 
I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you can speak with tongues and still not have the Holy Ghost. Right. I know that's hard in a Pentecostal church. That's hard with Pentecostal people. But, brother, if I love you, I'll tell you the truth. And if I don't tell you the truth, God will hold me responsible at the day of judgment. That's right. Except the love of God abides in your heart with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, and the fruits of the Holy Spirit living in your life, no matter what demonstration you've done, it's no good. Why do you think that Christ's church divided? Do you think Christ wants one little cult over here calling this one the buzzers, roost, and that, and calling them everything else? Do you think the Spirit of Christ does that? Never! We are brothers! By your fruits you're known! Amen! Oh, my! Uh, that hurts me in my heart, but, brother, it's the truth! It's off my shoulders anyhow. Now I have to answer, won't have to answer for that, because I've told it. All right, just look the way it runs. You can see whether Christ is in it or not. See, if Satan moved in, blindfolding the people, notice when the Jubilee sounded, the man could drop his hole and go home if he wished to. But what if he didn't want to? Now, what happened? Then they must take him down to the judges. And the judges take him to the post. They pulled out his ear, put it up against the post, and bore it through with an awl. And from that time on, never no more, it was a sign that he could never hear that jubilee no more. It was finished, no matter how many jubilees he lived through. He would never be able to do it again because he was marked, because he rejected. That's not skim milk, brother. He was rejected the truth, and by rejecting the truth, he was doomed forever out of the kingdom of, of the Jubilee, back into the fellowship again. You say, can we be that way, Brother Branham? Absolutely. Notice, certainly, Jesus said so. One day he was standing there casting out evil spirits. And the people come along and said, well, he's a devil. He's Beelzebub. Jesus turned around to them because he was the truth and presenting the truth. They wouldn't believe on him. And God was confirming that he was with him. He said, if you can't believe me, believe the word. And he was casting out evil spirits. He was looking out in the audiences and seeing the people and signs and wonders were being done. The teachers come along and knowing different, they knew different in their hearts they know different. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repentance. The Holy Spirit moved, but because of prejudice and church creed, they had to reject the Prince of Life. That same Spirit is in the world today. I know it's solemn. That's what I want it to be solemn. I want it to go so deep to every person in here will see it. But when the Holy Spirit's coming, who speaks a word against that shall never be forgiven him. 
and this world or the world to come. Now Paul picks it up in the tenth chapter of Hebrews. He said, If we sin willfully, sin is unbelief. Then if we disbelieve willfully, after the truth has been presented to us, there remains no more sacrifice for sin but a fearful looking for the judgment. Then if the gospel truth has been presented to people and they turn their head and reject it, then Satan takes them to the post. They're willing to serve their creeds and so forth, stick their ear out and bore it in there, and you'll never be able to understand the truth no more. That's the type, and there's the antitype. Paul said the same thing. If we disbelieve willfully, willfully, after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin but a fearful looking for the judgment who will devour judgment shall devour the adversary. There you are. To reject the Holy Spirit of God after you've received it and believe and know you hold back with prejudice. Sinner will come into the audience. He'll look around and say, Oh, I'll tell you, there's nothing to that. Walk out just as stiff as he can be. Brother, one of these times you'll walk out for the last time. And some people will walk into a meeting where they're seeing the Holy Spirit move and say, That's the devil's work. You don't realize the danger line that you're on. You say, Well, I belong to the church. My name's been on the book. My mother's of the this, that, and my daddy. That has nothing to do with it. Salvation is an individual pair between each and every individual. Coming around and saying, as you see the Holy Spirit presenting anything, you see signs and wonders, you see the love of God flowing, you see the works of the Holy Spirit, and deliberately turn around and say, I don't believe that when you down in your heart, you do want to believe it. But because that you can't accept it, because some dogmatic things got a hold of you here, you cross the line and, and take him to the post. I'm just telling you what the Scripture says. If he doesn't want to go, he can go freely. There's no price to pay. There's nothing to go through with. How do you do it, Brother Branham? Just drop your hole or whatever you're working with and come lovely and take your freedom free. There's not a thing you have to do. Brother Branham, well, I have to be... Or done this way or done that way, you don't have to do nothing. You have to accept it. Just say, Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful that you brought freedom to me, that you cut me out of the bondage of a whirling mind. I didn't know where I was at. I tried. I joined different churches. I went from place to place. I tried to get right. I didn't know what to do. But now I'm coming on the basis that you died in my city and I'm accepting you right now as my Savior. Watch how the love of God will sway down into your heart. Peace that passes, all understanding will soothe over. I don't care what the neighbor says, you love him anyhow. When you meet this man on the street that you used to wouldn't talk to, that lady across the neighborhood there that's so ugly and so bad and runs the children off the block, you'll walk right down and say, the Lord bless you, sister. Not as a hypocrite. If you said as a hypocrite, you're worse off than you would otherwise. Certainly you are. You've got to come from your heart. Jesus said to the Pharisees, how can you say good things when out of the abundance of the heart speaks the mouth? said, you hypocrites, that's thinking one thing in your heart and speaking another. You can't do it. The church of God, what we need tonight, 
what the California needs tonight. Looky here, we'll go out here to hold a meeting, come in here in a united effort, and churches say, well, if they've got anything to do with it, I won't have nothing to do with it. The other night, I've got something to say. The other night, my manager's here, who knows it's the truth, sitting in the room. Around three o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit woke me up, and a certain Baptist minister that told me when I come in here not long ago, Mr. Morenham knows exactly who it was, and the man may be sitting present now. He told me, he said, Brother Branham, you're a Baptist, watch when you come to the West Coast what you're talking about. I said, I'm preaching divine healing. I said, he said, oh, I believe in divine healing, Brother Branham, but just watch, oh my, just pick up your Saturday's paper and look. He said, the office fanaticism hooked in that you ever seen. People under all kinds of theories, all kinds of funny feelings and all kinds of everything. I said, look, sir, this comes from God and I know it does. He said, I'm not doubting that. He said, but the thing of it is, Brother Branham, he said, it'll only scatter that more. He said, the people, I said, well, I believe that it'll bless the people. I said, I believe that it'll do good to them. And surely them being spiritual-minded people will see and understand. My desire is to, to see this great big broke-up people of Pentecostals. That's lovely, brothers, that I met everywhere, to see them with one heart and one accord. I said, they've got one of the greatest things. He said, I don't doubt that a bit. But said, Brother Branham, God be with you. So I went on. And about four nights ago, God taking me away in a vision and set up out on the panoramic view of Los Angeles. I've seen every kind of a vulture that there was flying from tree to tree, squawking and hollering at one another. And I thought, what's this? One little bunch of birds, real pretty bird, but just eating any kind of stuff. And was flopping his wings back out, hollering, you ain't got it, you ain't got it. And the other said, oh, they're doing something else, hollering, you ain't got it, flying from palm tree to palm tree. Here stood that Baptist preacher there before me with his square chin, his turn hook. He said, what did I tell you eight years ago, Brother Branham? I looked over to him and I said, sir, I apologize. I thought surely they would understand. Just then the Holy Spirit, the angel of the Lord, which you see discerned to the diseases of things, spoke here to my right side and said, so did Moses think that the Israelites would surely understand. You don't understand it, brother. What it is, the God of heaven has tried to call you together. And every time I come, the crowd gets smaller and smaller. No matter what you try to do, it still tries to pin the people down to some little cult or something. Brother, you'll never prosper. You'll never be able to make Pentecostal church, which I believe today I took my lot with you because I believe in you. But the thing you've got to do is break down these prejudice things and put your hearts together as one unity of people. That's right, that's the only way you can do it. And if you keep on rejecting it, remember the lady I'll see in church age the last went off into lukewarm and God spewed it from his mouth. Hear the word of the Lord. Tonight, right here in this great Coliseum, or exhibit, where a Christian businessman brought me out here, thought it would be outside of any church. 
so there wouldn't be any prejudice, so everybody could come together. But each person holding their little groups up like this, don't do this, don't do this, don't go out there, because you don't belong to our groups or belong to that group. This place ought to be packed and jammed and standing out into the lot with ministers up and down this platform shaking one another's hands and glorifying God because God has sent us a revival. That's the reason Billy Graham crossing the country can grow the people together because in the natural side they are united. But my brethren, you've got something greater than that. But the devil's in between you, separating you, breaking you apart. Can't you see what I mean? Then I apologize to the minister. If you hear that, I apologize again. And instead of it bringing the people together, it started cough. Everybody's got to smell a devil. Everybody's got to stomp a devil. Everybody's got to do something. Oh, brother, get out of it. Come back to the Word of God. Back to the Gospel. Come back to the preaching of the Gospel in the old passions. Holy Spirit of God moving up and down the earth among the people. What we need tonight, what we must have tonight, hear me if you believe me of being God's servant, hear my voice tonight. Not because it's me, because I'm telling you from the Word of God, friends. You've based yourself upon something that hasn't got a bottom to it. But you're hungry and you're wanting God. Please come back to God. Come back to the Holy Spirit and pray for God to give you the love that will break all the prejudice out of your life and bring you down humble and mold you over again and start you new. Then you won't have any false, fine things that try to impersonate and do this. The people, oh, it's a pity. Amen. God bless you, loved ones. I, I don't want to say those things. But God's going to hold me responsible if I don't tell the truth. You ought to go home, everybody. Get down around the bed tonight, or I would bring the mother and kitties, all of them get around the bed. Hey, mother, let's pray right here until God really makes things different around here. Pastors, you ought to call your congregations together on Sunday morning now and say, let's start anew. You know, be kind to one another. Pentecostal preachers sometimes, and man will go downtown. You see him on the street sometimes. We'll just jump into traffic and consider your friend. If you see him fixing to get a ticket, I don't care who he is. Put a nickel in there. Don't let him be fined. Even in everything, it'll grow on you. Try to be good to one another. Try to shake hands and be friendly and nice. Tear out all the walls of petition around you that's malice and different, ungodly. Tear it down. Keep doing good to one another. Every time you meet one another, make yourself be good to one another. And the first thing you know, it'll grow around you until a bundle of love will wrap you up. Hallelujah. That's the marking of God. What did you say to the old David when he was up there? He said, your soul is wrapped in a bundle of love. Amen. When Abigail, the great woman that met David, said, we know that your enemies will be strung out like a flame. That's right. Said, because you're wrapped in a bundle of the love of God. 
Oh, brother, when there's prophecies that'll cease, where there's healings that'll pale, where there's all this'll cease, but when that which is perfect has come, the love of God will set us together. What we need today, we talk about Pentecostal people knowing more and getting farther along, and the old-fashioned Methodists said, rise on the scene and make us ashamed of our lives. You know that's the truth. When it had revivals from the house out, you had it once. That's right. But you begin to break up. Set over this way, set this way, come this way, creeds and denominations, put the barriers down. That's all right if you want 40,000 churches, as long as you can recognize one another's brothers and love one another. If you're different in doctrine, little bit of the old things about your baptisms and all these little ins and outs, forget it and be brothers with one another. Right. And when a revival comes to town with one great united effort, everybody go in and help out. That's the way. Then you'll see ministers get together in a fellowship and a love with one another, and such things that you've never seen before will take place. Amen. Oh, I love him. Because I know that's the truth. I can say it in the name of the Lord. It's thus saith the Lord. That's right. That's the truth. We must have it, friends. We've got to have it if the church ever thrives on. Now you say, well, our Brother Branham, I've testified this and that. I know I belong to church so long. I don't know what my neighbors are thinking. It ain't what your neighbor thinks. It's what your Lord thinks. That's right. What's he going to say about, oh, how are you wanting to say well done on that eternal day? People's got so I noticed today in the Pentecostal people, I come over here not long ago to find a people all shining with the glory of God. And I find out what a difference. You let down the bars, everything takes place. You're permitting everything to come into your churches. All that time, uh, you bad that they're patting your feet, but we're going to get to you just in a minute. The women, it used to be when I first seen Pentecostal people, the women had long hair, dressed nice, and now every one of them cuts their hair. That's all right now. Use this hair stuff, makeup all over their face, and manicure it on their eyebrows and shave them off, wear the little dresses they're skinned into, and then call themselves baptized with the Holy Ghost. I'm persuaded to believe that the Holy Ghost will make you dress right and live right and talk right and be right when the Holy Ghost gets it. Amen. That's right. That's what you need, a calling back to God. If the Holy Ghost condemned it in the beginning, it's still the same Holy Ghost tonight, and he doesn't change. Our Pentecostal church has laid out the doors and got too starchy. What we need is an old-fashioned calling back to the presence of God again. Right, and you know that's right. Yes, sir. Used to be a long time ago. It was different. But what's happened? That's the reason you're cooling off. That's the reason you're getting out of the will of God. That's the reason you can't cooperate with one another. You're putting more attention to your organizations than you are to your Lord. That's exactly right. Everybody's trying to build the biggest church in town and one wants to outshine the other. What does God care about churches? If Jesus is coming soon, why are you building these dead big places and putting millions of dollars down when it ought to be on the mission fields out there or somewhere? Amen. If Jesus is coming, let's act like it and talk like it and live like it and be like it. What I'm persuaded to say that something didn't start right in the beginning. Amen. Oh, my, I hate to say that. But how can I keep from saying it when it's pushing out of me just as hard as it can? Right. Marking of the people. Sealing of apostasy. 
unbelieving, walking after their own lust. Right! And people are going from east, from west, from north, and south, hungering for the word of God and fail to find it. They'll go to the Pentecostal church. They'll say, well, I'll, first they'll go to the Baptist. One's got this and one's got that. They go, they're all different. They come back to the Pentecostals. They're all different. We ought to be together. Amen. Well, God bless you. I love you. If you want to see real, true, genuine gifts and not impersonations, if you want to see real, solid Christians walking in so salty to the earth, to her, thirsting for to be like that, why, my way, people, you can't go down the street and tell what is Christians anymore. That's right. They all go down the street and they act the same, they talk the same, and all the time around cracking all kinds of jokes and everything like that, when God said you'll give an account for every idle word that you speak. What's happened? Because, brother, you're letting the devil come in and put it over your eyes. The first thing you know, the time will come when your God will give a message and you'll be sealed in or out of the kingdom. Amen. We need the old-fashioned gospel back in the church, back to the Word of God, and none of this nonsense and foolishness cut out. Amen. Oh, my, around over the country, the things that's done. Here in our country, something coming there not long ago, you can't even mention Pentecost around our country anymore on the count of it. Come in with thousands times thousands of dollars taken away from the poor people out there to buy airplanes and so forth. Never was no airplane bought. And all that kind of stuff. And get up on the platform with big long ear floppers hanging down like that, canary birds in it, and enough jewel on their fingers to send four missionaries across the sea and preach the gospel. That poor people over there starving to hear the word of God, and we call ourselves Christians? Brother, something's wrong. Right? We have time for everything else, no time for prayer meetings. The home's all butchered up, and the girls and boys are out going around, larking around over the country, and mothers and fathers unconcerned, and yet Pentecostal. What we need tonight is a home altar in the house, a place where God, where the Bible's read, and children are taught the word of the living God. Yes, sir. Run up and down the platform in little dresses. It looks like it's so tight, the skin's on the outside. Running up and down. I'm not saying that for a joke. I'm not joking. This is the gospel truth. That's right. Yes, sir. Run up and down the platforms like that and dancing in the spirit and speaking in tongues and earrings and paint all over their faces, their hair all manicured and bobbed up like that, and then call themselves Christians. Here not long ago, a man will introduce me to his wife, a great holiness organization, said, my wife is going to play the piano tonight, Brother Branham. And I looked at her and the woman, I ain't making fun of the woman. I don't believe in doing that. I'm only telling that's the truth. Now, I want you to receive it in the same way of love. I have to be stern once in a while. Yes, sir. And the woman had a dress on her. If I'd see my wife like that, I'd divorce her. And that's exactly the truth. I wouldn't. I'd put her away out there like that and paint all over her face. And I said, is she a Christian? Oh, I said, she's a saint. I said, she looks like a hank to me. That's right. To see something like that. I don't mean it joking, but that's the truth. Our little old Jezebel painted up. The only woman ever painted her face to meet man was, was Jezebel, and God fed her to the dogs. That's right. So it's just a dog meat to begin with. So forget it. Come back to the altar, and God will make you wash your face and get right. Now you preachers and you men the same way. 
trying. The truth, what we need today, some good old-fashioned stern gospel preaching. Got enough old Blanky Blue John to a thing so what we need. Back to Azusa, back to the beginning, back to Pentecost. Right. Amen. God have mercy. Oh, you know why we don't have the glory in the church? You know why the thing is? Because we've got into something else. Oh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God and salvation. It's nothing to make you be a fanatic. It's something to make you sane and real, make it so real to people who they'll thirst to be like you. That's right. The whole world look up and say, my, if I could only act like that woman, if I could live the life that she lives. But now, that's what we need. Here some time ago, and a little woman sent her girl away to school. She was lived out in the country, and she sent her a girl away to school. And she got down there. She's a lovely Christian girl when she left home. She got out around among the, all the Hollywood groups that's doing all this year, all carrying on, and the girl sat back and asked her mother if she could have her hair bobbed. She said, Honey, I don't want you to do that. Don't act like that. Now I'm going to typify this or type it with the Pentecostal church. This is exactly right. Got out with too much fang dangle. You're mixing too much with the world. You're acting like the world, living in the world, things like that. You get the world out of you. The Bible says if you love the world, things of the world, the love of God's not even in you. That's right, the truth. And that poor little old girl out there, she got mixed up with some of her associates. Why did she get that way? Because she got into that kind of a group. Listen, there's a spirit of everything. There's a spirit of a nation. You go into this nation, it's got a spirit. What is this nation spirited with? Entertainment. All they have is who kissed Susie or what it is on the night. And people will stay home, they'll watch television or, who, or something about Susie or something like that instead of going to church and say that they got the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. Brother, by the fruits you know them. Who was that? Lucy. Something about Lucy or something like, I love Lucy. Some of them programs like that. I don't watch the nonsense. I read my Bible. I love to serve the Lord. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. That's what we need today. That's what you're getting out of the will of God. That's where you've moved back. No wonder you can hate your neighbor and everything else and still carry on like that. You can't have the love of God in your heart and do that. Right. Amen. Now they stay home for that. And the things that the people does today, it's a shame calling themselves religious. They act like the world because it's the spirit of America. America wants entertainment. Oh, everything, everybody's got televisions and radios and they listen to everything. Let me go into a man's house, let me see what kind of music he hears. Let me look around and see what kind of literature he reads. I'll tell you what kind of a spirit he's got feeding on him. Right. Let me watch the way he acts in his daily walk. True. It's a my, how the churches fell from grace. Oh, what a pity. Repent and come back! Right. I say that in the name of the Lord. Repent and come back. Notice, then the little girl, when she got over there, she got under the spirit of that. You go out here and you get the spirit of a church. The first thing you know, you go into a church, you notice the pastor. I'm saying this was reverence. You watch the way the pastor acts, you'll find the people act the same way, just about. If the pastor's all prissy and everything, you find his congregation the same way. If the pastor carries on with a lot of nonsense, you find the congregation the same way. 
if the pastor's a good, solid gospel teacher that'll hold his children down and give them a little uh, protoplasma stimulation when they need it. That's right, lay the gospel down and spank them right good with it. You'll find a good, obedient church, that's right, where people can come and enjoy themselves in the gospel. He's a good preacher that'll stay on the Word, stay in the Word, and stay it that way, and see that his church is operated truly by the Holy Spirit. Not get off these isms as soon as they start something, they'll it out like that. That's what we need today, some more preachers like that. Amen. Women got theirs, and our preachers, we're getting ours. That's right. What we need. The Spirit. You go into Russia, you find a Spirit. Go into Germany, you find a Spirit. Go into an organization, you find a Spirit. The Spirit of the Masons, the Spirit of the Oddfellows. You go into a home, you find the Spirit of the home. And where you let yourself be, you take a real good woman and put her out with some scallywags, and she'll, them scallywags will be good or she'll be like them. That's exactly the truth. I've seen it in thousands of cases. Same thing with man. Let him run around. Show me your company, I'll tell you what you are. That's right. Well, we need to associate ourselves with the world. We want to associate with one another. If we get away from the world, maybe we get our hearts together. Amen. Amen. That's right. This poor little thing, when she come back, she was told she was coming home, and she brought one of her little Susie friends with her. And on the road back, her mother talked over. She'd meet her at the station, and when they was coming up, she said, "Oh, I want you to see my mother when you see her." And so they looked out there, and first thing you know, her little mother sent out there, and the girl was with her. Said, "Oh, Mary, who's that old hideous-looking thing there? Her face is all scarred up." And She's down like this little fella shaking like that. Little water hair sticking on her back for her head, the little calico dress on. Said, look at that old haggard woman there. Who is that? And the girl was ashamed to admit that that was her mother. Because she got amongst the scavengers. She got amongst the prissy, the know-it-all. That's what the church has done today. Got amongst the know-it-all. Your great theologians and studying seminaries and so he say, oh, man, like a calf of dying almost, and then they call themselves a preacher. I'd rather have a boy, a preacher in my pulpit that didn't know the difference between split beans and coffee and know what the Lord Jesus Christ was in his salvation soul and have all the deities in the world. Amen! Right! I mean that for the truth. What we need today is a good old-fashioned God-called man who got back down a broom stage hill and prayed to the God. What a shame of the gospel that can preach us and stand on the truth. Amen. Then when she come in, got off the train, she went out there and her poor mother run up the tore arms around her and she turned her back on her mother. She had something prissy, something that wasn't so, her mother wasn't so stylish. That's the way the people are treating Jesus Christ today. They don't want the old-fashioned down at the altar cleaning it up and dressing up like a saint and acting like a saint and walking godly. They got to have their entertainments and everything in your little parties and bridge parties and stitch and so and talk about Miss So-and-so and so forth and all up and down all these little organizations. You're patterned just like the churches of the world. Right. You're ashamed to come back to the altar again and make yourself right. That seen that girl shut her mother and walked away like that with this little prissy thing. And the first thing you know, when the conductor there happened to know the reason, he jumped up on a little old boxer and said, Looky here, people! You see how you're watching that poor woman there weeping her eyes out when you're seeing her own daughter turn away from her. So looky here, young woman, said, That's your mother. 
I don't care what she looks like, that's your mother. Said, I happen to be living door neighbors when this happened. Said many years ago, people, this little girl is sitting here turning her back on her poor old scarred up looking mammy there. Said, I live door neighbors turn where mammy was down at the spring getting some water, doing a washing in the back of the house when a spark caught into the house and the house caught a fire. When the mother come back with her two buckets of water, said she was a beautiful woman, pretty as she could be. And said she looked in there and the house was on fire, the neighbors was running, and it done broke through and said her baby was upstairs. That was that child laying up there in her cradle. Said the mother grabbed up a blanket off the line like that and wrapped herself up in it her face to run through the fire to find her child. And said the firemen and everybody screaming, come back, come back. But nothing would stop her. She was going on. She had to catch her child. It would die if not. And when she got into where the baby was screaming, she took the blanket from off of her own beautiful face and wrapped the baby in it. So her face blazed the door and blazed through them blazes till it scorched and burned her hair off. It burned her face to a crisp and said, young woman, because that you're pretty today and your mother's ugly, said it is because that she was made ugly so you could be pretty. And now you're ashamed of her. That's the same thing I think tonight. You can preach all your creeds and dogmas that you want to, but my Lord Jesus came down from heaven in the form of sinful flesh and humiliated himself and come to the world and spit on and made fun of and mistreated and wounded and bruised and hung out around Calvary as a malefactor robbing himself and coming down to become my Savior because he died, I live. I don't never want to place myself out there too much of a weakling to tell the truth about it and to preach the gospel regardless if I lose every friend I got on earth. I want friendship with him in glory. At that day he'll look down and say, it's been well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. I love him with my heart. And I know how you can go on with shaking hands and joining and saying creeds and repeating of all these different prayers and so forth. But here's my theme. Every sense by faith I saw the stream, thy flowing wounds supplied, redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. A dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his days. There may I go by he wash all my sins away. Then in an over-sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save when this poor whispering, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave. Love moved a mighty God. God so loved the world, the unlovable, till he come down and made himself flesh on earth and dwelled among men to be spit upon and mistreated and, and be laughed at and made fun of and to redeem us back. What ought we to do tonight? Take our places by the side of the cross and say, Here I stand, Lord Jesus, I come. I come, I wash all my sins away. Take my malice, take my difference away from me. Let me love you all with a pure, fervent love that all these little things will pass away like the shocking of a day. Oh, brother, sister, if I've hurt you or pitied you, I want you to forgive me, but don't you never go back and think that I haven't told you the truth because it comes from the Word of God. And you can finally fix your ear in such a fix till you'll be sealed by the Antichrist. Antichrist is against the real Christ, the real moving of the Spirit, and the thing so close to deceiving the very elect under emotions and works up and things. Come back to Christ to our heart of love tonight. Come back to a place to all your enemies, you're in love with them, and could shake their hand, not because you owe it to duty, but because something in your heart says so. Something will make you love the bitterest enemy you've got. 
If that is in your heart tonight, regardless of what emotion you've had, you're still outside of Christ, outside of God, lost, alienated from God without mercy. That's right. Won't you come and receive him on the basis of divine love? Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, oh, how I, oh, my heart bleeds when I know that the people in this world and see in this great city here of Los Angeles, where I think of Paul Rader up down on his shoulder, his head over on a man's shoulder and crying and said, why didn't I sell my message to the red-hot Pentecostal? And he went away making a mistake, trying to pat the people around. God, don't let me make it. Help me, dear God, to stand there in the valley, stand with the sword in the hand, granted, Lord, and preach the unsearchable riches of the Lord Jesus Christ, telling men and women their sins are before thee unless they confess it and be die out to self and become born again. They're an alien from you. God, this lovely big Pentecostal full gospel group of men and women, how they have received the knowledge of truth. God, let them walk in the truth now. Let them live and preach and do the things that the Scripture is telling them to do. Father, I pray that if there be any here tonight outside of thee that doesn't know thee, that's just been just worked up but never have been really born again, they know that they haven't. May they be man and woman enough tonight to accept thee and come and say, Lord, I'll stay right here until my heart mellows down, that I can be a loving friend to my enemy, and I can do these things that Christ did when he was here on earth. God, let them stay until the Spirit of Christ comes in and ministers and all so it's a breaking up time, going down to the potter's wheel, being broke up and molded over until there'll be one great big rolling love of God sweeping across this nation to an old-fashioned revival and a calling back to the children, back to God again. Grant it, Lord. Have mercy. While we got our heads bowed, if the organ will give us just a little music, I wonder tonight if there's a sinner friend in here that's really outside of Christ, outside of God, don't know him. Would you raise your hand to God and say, God, be merciful. See, I believe that I, I, I now believe that in my heart I, I want to come to the Lord. I want to experience for the man like you're talking about. I'm raising my hand to God and telling him to make me like that. All the Christians are praying, will the sinner raise your hand? I know it's been hard, but brother, it's the truth. Look, there's a comic bomb hanging in the... Over on in Russia today with your number on it. God bless you. That's, God bless you. All right, that's fine. God bless you. Someone else raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you, young man. And you, that's fine. Yes. What do you have to do, Brother Dan, to receive this? In your heart, say, Lord Jesus, I'm not coming any other way but on this one solid thing. Say, in my heart, I know I'm not right. And I know the only one who can make me right is you. And I'm coming believing you right now that you'll change my heart and my attitude towards people, towards things, and make me a new creature. Now I'm raising my hand to you, Lord, saying, Receive me. And God promised in his word, He that hears my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not be condemned to the end. 
but shall have everlasting life. Separate, raise your hand. Would there be another? Would just raise up now while the church is praying? Just raise your hand to God. God bless you. God bless the young fellow over here. Yes. Someone else? Now just keep your head bowed and praying. Say, Lord, what must I do? Ooh. Just think your name may be hanging on that bomb. Remember the death angel may be at your door. You say, well, I will sometime. You may not have no other time. I hope you do, but you may not. You say, Brother Branham, what's happened to you? Oh, I see the end time, friend. I see the end is here. I've went across the nation. I've tried. I trust that God has given me favor with you. And seeing him working and seeing how infallible that God has confirmed that I've told you the truth. Now I say with my hand before God, if I've ever told you the truth in my life by anything, it's the truth right now, I tell you. Don't let Satan deceive you. The first thing you know, you'll be marked outside the kingdom. He can't come in. My spirit will not always strive with man. If you're not positive, sure, let a deep, settle love for everybody. Deep, settle peace that passes all understanding. If that's not your heart tonight, if I was sitting in your seat, I'd raise my hand to God and say, God, place that in my heart tonight for me. I want to make a surrender. I'm wanting to come now. I really want it. I want to reconsecrate myself to you and make make you make me what I ought to be. Will you raise your hand? God bless you, sir. That's a real man. God, go have mercy on you, my brother. Just as God bless you, boy, with your young man there with your head bowed. Won't you come? There is a fountain filled with blood. God bless you, sir. That's the way God bless you, sir. I see you. That's the way to do it. You know you're not hid before God. God bless you, sir. Someone else? Oh, when that day. Now, I want to tell you something. You've seen the working of the Holy Spirit. You see that whatever, I don't say this uh, for bragging to myself. I'm not saying in that manner. But I come forth for one purpose, to bring a message to this country before the end comes. I'm beginning in California, going towards the East Coast. Listen to me. Let me tell you, friends, the time is at hand. I breathe with all my heart. That's the reason I must preach this away. I must because God's going to hold me responsible. If you believe me to be a servant of God, if you believe me to be truly from God, then you believe me tonight. I've told you the truth. I might have hurt you in your creed. I don't have nothing against any church. Whether it's any church, I don't care what it is. What name it's got doesn't matter. But what I'm talking about is the love of God in that church. The love of God that's in you. No matter what your church is, it's what you are before God. It's an individual affair. You start, and your church will follow you. Will someone else raise your hands before we pray again? Reconsecrate your life now to God. If you believe that's the truth, raise your hand and say, I'll receive it. God bless you. God bless you, the colored brethren. God bless you. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, sir. That's wonderful. Someone else. You know what God says? He said, if you'll do that, that very minute, I'll give you everlasting life. God bless you, lady. God bless you. God bless the lady. Bless the lady in the wheelchair. Bless the man over here with his hand up. God bless you back there, lady. God bless you, sir, with both hands up. Oh, my. Someone else. 
that's the way. That's the way. I know, friend, if I, if I have discernment, you believe me. God's speaking to hearts here tonight. I know he is. He put this on my heart to preach it. And I know this is the truth, and I know it's for your good. Oh, the city's full of everything. God bless you, sister. Now when the Holy Spirit speaks, raise your hand, say, yes, Lord. I hear your voice. Well, that's the greatest thing in the world. What if God knows, what if you got to a place where the Holy Ghost couldn't speak to you no more? You had your ear bored, the devil, and popularity, and things dangle things of the world. God bless you, sister. Has bored your ear. God bless you. Another, another brother. Yes, God bless you. What if the devil had bored your ear to, oh, I belong to my church. I'm as good as anybody else. What if he got to in that shape? Then you'd serve that creed the rest of your days. You can't hear the Spirit. God bless you, little boy. I see a little boy raise his hand. I wonder just now, while we're here, I want to ask you that raise your hand. Will you just stand up a minute? Just to consecrate yourself to Christ. Just coming up. God bless you. You, you, that's right. Just stand up for a minute till we have prayer. Just stand to your feet. That's right. God bless you. People that's coming to Christ, just stand to your feet. Say, I'm willing, I don't care. Now look what you're taking. You're standing before the people. God bless you, lady. God bless you, brother. Stand up. Just stand up to your feet. You raise your hand. Stand up. Say, here I am, Lord Jesus. I'm willing to make myself publicly. You said if I would be ashamed of you, then you're ashamed of me. But if I would witness you before man, you'd witness me before the Father and the Holy Angel. So here I stand publicly for everybody to see me. I stand to say that I'm now consecrating my life to Jesus Christ. I want him to have mercy on me. God bless you. God bless you. That's fine. God bless you, lady. Just remain standing. Everyone a few minutes longer. Someone else, would you stand? Would you do it? Friend, this is more to you than anything else in the world. Would you stand? Anyone else? I wonder, while they're standing, if you believe. That's right, sister. That's the way to do it with him. God, be merciful to you. The Holy Spirit, sure I know it. God be with you. Now, while we sing real slowly, there is a fountain filled with blood as the beautiful music to play in. If you believe that God hears my prayer, if you believe that I've been anointed for this praying for the sick, if God has given me grace in your sight, I'm anointed now for the salvation of your soul. I want you to come down here and stand at the altar with me. I want to shake hands with you lay hands on you, have prayer with you. Now the audience, will you sing slowly while everyone comes that would come right here, all dedicating their lives to Christ. All right. Our Heavenly Father, as these children of yours was aliens a few moments ago from the commonwealth, but now they've been brought nigh. They've come up here to confess you as their Savior. Many of them perhaps have belonged to churches for years, but they've come believing and accepting you as their personal Savior. They're not ashamed of it tonight in the midst of all the troubles and their friends standing around. They still believe. 
and they're accepting you as their personal Savior, and they're witnessing before this audience. And I pray thee, God, now that you'll bless them as they're offering praise to thee, giving thee praise and glory for all that you have done for them, and I pray that your mercies will ever remain with them. May just now as they're here crying, like every one of them with red eyes and sobbing handkerchiefs, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Some glorious day, it'll be over. Some day the chilly tides of death will sweep down every arm standing here. Then they'll remember that they've come upon the basis of God's Word. Heavens and earth will pass away, but His Word will never. They stood here before the audience because they felt you knock at their heart. You said, No man can come except my Father draws him. And all that will come when Father is drawing, I'll give them everlasting life, raise them up at the last day. They'll not come into condemnation, but already passed from death to life. Grant, Lord, your loving, kind blessings upon each one. All there in prayer, for we ask it in Jesus' name. 